Welcome back to Asarat the Big Ten, the core values of Judaism based on the Ten Commandments. Today we're going to discuss do not commit adultery, number seven. Law, tinoff, do not commit adultery. This is a value in crisis. Um, it's not well kept. It's something in the Western world, the Eastern world, um, there's an issue. Why is it so important? What underlies it? And how can it inform us as a core value for life? The Swarno over here explains that the uh, main intent is referring to the infidelity of a married woman. A married couple, they're talking about extramarital sexual relations, and that's the um, commandment. He says it um, includes all other, includes all other forbidden relationships, sexual relationships. What's underlying it? Let's think about when a man and woman get married, since that's the pristine case over here. They make a clear commitment to each other to have an exclusive physical relationship. And that commitment needs loyalty. When either are tempted by um, whatever it might be and due to whatever relation whatever issues they might be have, having, if they're lazy, if they're bored, if they're unfulfilled, um, going ahead and breaking that commitment destroys the relationship. And this is true of every relationship. Every relationship has commitments. Sometimes they are explicit, sometimes they are implicit. Marriage, to a large degree, is explicit. That's the whole idea of a ketubah. However, there's some aspects of a marriage that might be implicit. Is there a, an agreement, a commitment of conflict resolution with, that the couple have? I strongly suggest one. Business contracts are often made very clear at great cost and painstaking effort um, to have the relationship very well defined, the commitments well defined. Sometimes Relationships are very, the, the commitments of relationships are very implicit. What is a friend? Do you ever sit down and make a, uh, a document with your friend about, well, this is our commitment to each other? Um, our social contract, what is our commitment to wider society? There is a, I guess, some, some aspects of it are very explicit in the laws of wherever we should live, and some are implicit. Um, there's a beautiful Agadita in the Gemorian Brachus 65b that quotes Rabbi Hanan that says that if a person sees a dream, if he sees three things in a dream, it indicates peace, a river, a kettle, and a bird. And the peace he's referring to is peaceful relationships. And the uh, Vilna Goyen explains that each one has a different element of relationship in a cumulative um, way. So the first one is the river. What is a river? A river connects two cities to each other. And the purpose of the river is to have some sort of way to connect and to transfer. So they trade. And that's the basic level of relationship of contract. And 
normally it's done for personal gain. Each city tries to benefit as much as they possibly can in each trade. And um, that's the motivation for interacting. What's the commitment that each one has to the other one? Honest business dealings. Hmm? Whenever you go into business, that's the understood. Normally it's the law. It's um, anarchy when that's not the law, but it's um, there's an explicit and implicit understanding that you're going to be honest with each other. And of course, when that is violated, the relationship's violated. The kettle symbolizes a partnership. A partnership, well, first of all, the, the kettle that the Talmud is talking about is a, um, a pot put to boil on, on, on a fire, and the, the uh, pot and the fire are working together to heat the water. And the, the idea is that the two work together to, to create something of communal gain. Um, they both gain from it. That's a partnership. We, we're 50-50 in this. And um, that's the motivation. Tov and Echad. Better are two than one. And what's the commitment of a partnership? Is that each person will do their work, their share of the work. Right? We'll, we'll split the profits and it's understood that we're each going to work hard. When that commitment is not fulfilled, the relationship suffers or is broken. A bird, the third symbol of the dream, is referring to a, a bird flying. And the idea is that if you look at a bird, what do you see? Well, you see wings, you see tail, you see uh, a beak, a head, a torso, um, feet. But really... Those are the details. You see a bird. And this is symbolizes a covenant, a bris. And the, the, uh, the point of a covenant is that the, it's a forging of identities into one. It's going from the I to the we. You know the famous story of, of Arya Levina went with his wife to the doctor to check on her leg, which was painful. And he told the doctor, our leg is painful. So it's it's that level where one's thinking and one's identity merges with another. And um, that's motivated by one of the deepest, I guess, motivations is to become one, to become one with others, to, to cleave to others. Um, we have that with God. We're in a covenant. So in each of these, and of course taking a marriage, of course, a marriage has the level of the river. There's contract, there's a give and a take. And the marriage has a level of the kettle. There's a partnership. We're working together. We're building a home together. We're... And then a marriage has a level of the covenant, which goes much further, which is this identity, identifying as one. So... The core value of do not commit adultery is loyalty in all relationships. And loyalty is the faithful adherence to promises and commitments, whether they are explicit or implicit.
infidelity is breaking of those commitments, is not being loyal, faithful, and therefore it's a break in the relationship. Some relationships obviously can continue, can recover, and some can't. Moses is on the mountain during the war against Amalek. And the verse, and God tells him to go up on the mountain and to raise, whenever Mo- Moses raised his hands, the, the, the Jews would advance in the war and they were winning. And then when Moses' hands got heavy, so the verse says they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur were on each side supporting his hands. Thus his hands were, and it uses a fascinating word, emuna. Until the sunset. His hands, obviously it's referring to the fact that his hands remain steady. And the Hebrew word for loyalty, or faithful, is imuna. That's really what imuna means. Imuna means that a person is will keep their commitments. It's the ability to remain steady, unchanging once, you, once you've made a commitment. And loyalty takes... Strength of character. It takes integrity. Being able to keep your word even when there are easier ways to go about things. It takes sometimes courage when we face either ridicule or sometimes risking losing some great benefit by keeping our word, by keeping our commitments. And it takes strength. When we are seduced, when we are, we are when we are tempted to do things against a commitment, Ezehu Gibor, who is strong, a the one who overcomes his own desires, and the image of Yosef Tzadik, of Yosef, Joseph in the in the house of Potiphar, and he is the head of the household, and he, everyone's out of the house, and this beautiful woman tries to seduce him. And what does he turn around and say? I only have one commitment to to your husband, and that's you, not to take you. And he runs out of the house, and the rest of the story is terrifying, right? He lands up in prison, he's, uh, he's back where he started. He, lo- he lost everything. It's fascinating that in the end, because of that, he interprets the dreams, and then Pharaoh hears about him, and then he's brought to Pharaoh, and then he, he, he lands up much higher than he ever would have gotten had he not done it. But in the short term, he really lost out. And that's what emuna, that's what being a person, a faithful person, a person of loyalty means, adhering to all our commitments in all relationships. And the truth is that this is also part of the Tselem Elohim. It's part of the image of God. We are told that God is called Kael Emunah. He is a God of loyalty because God keeps every one of His commitments. And if the, the, the word Adam where the people, humans, are called Adam. Why? So it comes from two words. One is Adama, the earth. And the other one is Adame, I will be similar. 
I will emulate. I will emulate God. And of course, when we speak about to not commit adultery, that's what this core value is teaching us. Don't be Adama. Don't be earthly. Follow your desires. Have no commitment. Don't follow your commitment. Be godly. Keep your commitments. It's a beautiful morale that explains that the Gimel Chamuras, the three sins for which a person should die, adultery, idolatry, and um, and uh, Gilirais and, uh, and and sorry and murder correspond to the three pillars upon which the earth the the world uh, stands on um, Torah Gemilas um, on Avoda Torah Avoda Gemilas Chasadim on the on on the Torah Torah study morality on um, Avoda serving God and being kind to others, and he says, "Well, how do they? You know, they, it's almost the they are the opposite extremes. So, on the one hand, we have um, murder. Well, what's the opposite of murder? Murder would be gemilus chasadim, doing kind deeds to other people, looking out for them, not killing them. That, that's kind of the that's the continuum over there. Um, idolatry, serving idols. Well, on the other side is avoda, serving God." Recognizing God and acknowledging God as the authority of all things. And then we are left by default, but it needs to be explained the Torah as against, as against um, idolatry. And he says, because the purpose of the Torah is to elevate mankind. And idolatry is the lowest of human endeavor. And it's because it's so crucial that it's it's part of this this aspect of this godly aspect of being a loyal faithful person is being similar to god that's that's part of the that's part of the mission of really being elevated is reaching that level so um let's explore a few relationships and um, the the commitments within them. By no, no means is this a complete list. Rather, just a few ideas to get us used to thinking in a way aligned to this core value. Marriage. So Malachi the prophet says, she is your, she is your friend and the wife of your covenant. Chaver the the brisa. She is your she is the. There's a friendship. There's a camaraderie. Right. That's a commitment in marriage and a covenant, as we've discussed. So fascinating when people get engaged. There's a, a uh, common w- blessing that they're given. It's based on a, a verse in Shmuel Navi that says, You should be blessed with a loyal house. And of course, that's the, in a literal sense, yes, be loyal to each other physically. But how much more so that your relationship will go from being mundane to sacred if you are Neiman, if you keep your commitments to each other, because that really shows you're, 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 uh, you're devoted to each other. Under the chuppah, a, um, a husband gives a, a ring to his wife and says, Hara'at mekudeshesli. This is a betrothal, but it comes from the word mekudeshes, kedusha, holy or sacred. Because the commitment of marriage is so strong, it changes the couple's status that they become sacred to each other.
And what is the purpose? What is this commitment? What are, what are the details? It's interesting. The, the, the verse says, Therefore a man should leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, so they shall become one flesh. And Rashi says, one flesh is the child. So it's a commitment to having children and, bring, and having a family. The Ramban says, no, it's talking about man and woman, that they should merge into this one, this um, unified identity. Parents, what are our obligations to our parents? Well, that actually is a whole debate. That's one of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and your mother. We'll discuss it soon. What about parents to children? Interesting, the, the, the Talmud in Kedushin says that a father is obligated to circumcise his son, Brit Mila, Ben, redeem him when he's, if he's a firstborn, Torah, to teach him Torah, to find him a wife, and to teach him a trade. And some say, teach him how to swim. Siblings and friends. So it says in Mishle, a friend is loved at all times. A brother is born to share adversity. That's what a family is. That's what a family member is. That's what a brother and a sister is. Friends, a base person keeps gives away secrets, but a loyal soul keeps confidence. If your friend tells you something which is which is a secret, which is in confidence, there's a commitment, there's an implicit commitment that you will keep that confidence. Why does society, so it says in Pirkavot, make yourself a, a rav, a, a teacher, Acquire for yourself a friend and judge every person favorably. That's a social commitment. Yossi ben Yochanan says, May your home be open wide. May the poor be members of your household. And it's fascinating when it comes to leadership. That what does God say about Moses? My servant Moses in all my house, he is loyal. Ne'eman hu, he is loyal. Loyalty to the cause, loyalty to the people, loyalty to to God in leadership is the underlying fabric of of um, of good leadership. So, at the end of the day, Chabaku came and says, "Tzadik be'emunasa yechia." The righteous live by their Imuna, their loyalty. And that's in all relationships. To ourselves, to others, and to God. Think about God's commitments to us. What does God say? In the preamble to the Ten Commandments, God says, Now, if you will listen to my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be a treasured, you, you, you shall be my treasured possession amongst all people. Indeed, all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. And if you read the Torah, it's clear that things will not always go just well. God is, right? If you don't keep my voice and, and my commitment, things go terribly wrong. Yet... Says in Leviticus twenty six forty four. Yet even when, then, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them or spurn them, so as to destroy them, annulling my covenant with them. For I am ashamed. I am their God. 
the covenant with God is that which has guaranteed the continuing existence of the Jewish nation. It's a historical anomaly that I today can speak the, into, um, can, can um, teach this um, podcast. Well, I'm Jewish. How could it be? Because God kept his commitment. The Ten Commandments, by the way, are called, the, the tablets are called Luchat, Luchot Habrit. And that's because they were edged into it. Right? They were, there's, a, there's a covenant there that at Sinai, through accepting the, the Ten Commandments, we entered into a covenant with God. So if you want to know what the, what are the, what are the commitments of our relationship with God, Start here. Start here with the Ten Commandments. Do not commit adultery on a literal level. Of course, we know what that means. Right? Physical relationships on a, as a core value is to take that the idea of loyalty, to take that idea of being a person of imuna, a person of integrity, a person of strength, a person of courage, and keep our commitments in all relationships. Thank you for listening.